Hey yo, who owns the Bears? Man, I think that's 12. Go Pack Go. Go Pack Go. Welcome to the Ike Packers podcast. Go Pack Go. My name is Alex Ikestead, your host. We still own the Bears. Go Pack Go. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. Please leave a five-star review if you enjoyed the show. We're IKE underscore Packers on Twitter. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. Aaron Rodgers said it best, the Packers still own the Bears. And that was true, knocking them off 24-14 in Chicago. We've got an episode to dive into it. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of the Ike Packers podcast. My name is Alex Eichstead. I will be your host, and we have a tremendous show to break down today. We're going to be talking about the Packers 24-14 win over the Chicago Bears. We're going to be hitting initial reactions, talking about 12 and what he did to Chicago and how he still, quote-unquote, owns them we're gonna be looking at the running backs the defense the receivers doing our good packers bad packers segment and then at the end of the show we're gonna be hitting some fan questions and fan reactions as well as taking a look ahead into next week but packers fans i just want to say thank you for joining it's going to be just me today on the podcast we're without kj but this show is going to be electric as always Just like that game. And maybe the game didn't start off electric yesterday where the Packers kind of were slow in the first quarter. You know, they didn't put up a single point. They received the ball, but uh, had a few drives that kind of got stuffed out about halfway down the field. And it almost felt as if Green Bay again had come out slow. And I know I was getting antsy. I know people I was messaging during the game were kind of on edge. Were they wondering hey, is this going to be another long day for the Packers? But no, that didn't happen. Quarters two through four, Green Bay completely dominated, winning 24 to seven in those three quarters for a final score of 24 to 14. And the Chicago offense kind of fell off from their first drive. They came out that first drive of the game. Justin Fields looked good. Uh, Their Khalil Herbert running back, kind of the Illinois State feel-good story or... You know, maybe he is the featured back of Chicago going forward, but he played pretty well and they got a nice receiving touchdown. And it made me think, is this going to be a game where Green Bay loses to the Bears? The Bears were three and two at the time. They're now three and three and they had come off a two straight win. So there was a chance to believe that they were really developing momentum behind Justin Fields. But on the bright side, Aaron Rodgers said, nah, I still own you, Chicago. I'm going to come out here and ball. And that's what he did because he ended up having a very, very clean game. That's how I would describe it. Nothing crazy on the stats that really jump off the screen. He was 17 to 23 with 195 yards. That's an 8.5 average. And he had two touchdowns and zero interceptions for a 128 rating. So Rodgers really played in control and that's how I would describe him even in the beginning he was in control of the game he maybe took a few sacks but he was feeling out the offense he was feeling out that pass rush of Chicago which is good Chicago has a good pass rush Khalil Mack Robert Quinn Rokon Smith Um, they've got linebackers they've got a solid group of linebackers and front seven in general they were getting after Rodgers but what he was doing so well yesterday was escaping the pocket And 
he had notably a 16-yard long touchdown run. It was the only rushing touchdown of the day for the Packers, but it was what really changed the game in my eyes, this play. And maybe maybe you remember it, Packers fans. This is vintage. Rodgers has done this tons of times in his career. He's in the pocket looking for a pass. Pocket kind of breaks down, and using his elite awareness, he kind of escapes. He flushes out to the right side of the pocket, and Rodgers is running towards the line of scrimmage, and just one of the parts of his game that you cannot just overlook is his art of the pump fake. He's always been elite at that. Maybe he learned it from Brett Favre, but Rodgers threw a little pump fake right at the line of scrimmage about the defenders of Chicago bit on it, and then Rodgers was able to hightail it to the corner where he snuck into the end zone and really erupted this celebration in the fans where Rodgers busted out the belt celebration. He, you know, was screaming things at the Chicago Bears fans, and you could hear this through the television screen. You could hear what he was saying. He was yelling, I still own you. I still own you. And that was evident because Rodgers then advanced to 22 and five against the Bears all time. So really, really great showing. And that kind of changed the whole feeling of the game for me. Maybe you as well, Packers fans, but it felt kind of slow. And then Rodgers made that statement with that rushing touchdown, with that screaming at the Bear fans, letting them know who still owns them. And to me, that electrified the game that almost inspired the Packers to another level. It's like, look, hey, this is not going to be a trap game. The the Packers are not going to fold to Justin Fields. Aaron Rodgers is letting them know that you may think that you can beat him, but no, that's not the case. And uh, it was just so sweet to see the belt come out again. Elton Jenkins let out this big roar. You can see this on replay. It's it's pretty funny where he just he was just screaming. I, I know I know I've been there in the past where you kind of do something big in a sports game or and you just kind of scream. You don't even know why you're doing it, but you're just letting out your emotions. And it felt like the Packers got out their emotions in that moment. And the rest of the game was smooth sailing. It was kind of like iced from there. And, you know, here the Packers are five and one, five straight victories after that first week defeat. And it almost makes you think that that week one loss was good for Green Bay. I know KJ said that. He said Packers fans, the only way they can go from here is up. And that's what they've done. They've continued to, you know, find their rhythm in the offense. I feel like the offense is finally getting its mojo. And why do I say that? Because the ground game is looking good. Aaron Jones had 13 carries for 76 yards. That's a 5.8 average. And he had a 28-yard long. Behind him, A.J. Dillon had 11 carries for 59 yards, a 5.4 average, and a 36-yard long himself. So between those two backs, that's about 135 yards And over a five and a half average. So the Packers backfield looked really good. And that kind of gave the Green Bay offense the balance they needed to beat this good Chicago Bears defense. On the receiving side of things, Devontae Adams led the way. He had four receptions for 89 yards. That's a 22.3 average. He looked good as always. Uh, Greg Olson, the announcer, the former tight end of the Bears, of the Carolina Panthers. He said Devontae is the best receiver in the NFL. And every week, it seems like he makes a play where it just kind of flashes that, uh, whether it's with his hands or with his just pure ability to get open. 
I don't really worry about Devontae, and every week he is showing up. Devontae Adams actually leading the NFL in receiving yards, so I'd have to bet that he's probably going to be there at the end of the season. He's not getting the touchdowns he was a year ago, but he is making plays in the open field and really allowing Aaron Rodgers to find other players on the near the red zone. He found Aaron Jones on receiving a uh, passing touchdown. Jones finished with four receptions for 34 yards in that one touchdown reception. And Aaron Jones, he's a special player. On that touchdown pass, he was not going to be denied. And there was multiple plays where you just saw visibly Aaron Jones' effort. He was just putting in effort to get a few extra yards here or there to get the Packers into more manageable situations. And that did not go unnoticed. Alan Lazard. He caught the other touchdown pass from Aaron Rodgers, or should I say shovel pass from Aaron Rodgers, and it was a thing of beauty. Matt LaFleur near the goal line drew up a very creative play. This was something I'd been waiting for. I was uh, really happy to see it in the moment. So he, Aaron Rodgers takes the snap, kind of fakes the handoff, almost an option play to Aaron Jones, and when he sees what the defense is doing, he just quick pitched the ball forward to Alan Lazard, who was cutting up the middle, who made the catch and the reception touchdown. So I felt good for Lazard after all the blocking and the work he was putting in on special teams to, you know, find the end zone again. He deserves it. He deserved those looks. And that was a creative play call. So shout out to Matt LaFleur. Uh, Matt LaFleur. I think we need to talk about him for a little bit because he is now Packers fans 13 and 1 against divisional opponents since he has taken over the head coaching job for Green Bay. That is amazing. That is unbelievable. 13-1. and Even with how, you know, you could argue that the division hasn't been that great, right? Uh, But 13-1, it's nothing. It's tough to do. You know exactly how tough that is. Minnesota is a tough two games every year. Chicago is a tough two games every year. And you could maybe say Detroit is, uh, you know, those are the easy games. They are 0-6 this year, and they've had some horrible seasons. But a division game, anything can happen. We remember the Mason Crosby fiasco a few years ago. We remember the special moments in Motown where Aaron Rodgers had to use a Hail Mary to beat the Lions there is no easy division game. Um, there are some easier ones, but for the Packers to be 13-1 and one under the Lafleur reign, that is just extremely impressive. So really, really like what they're doing in the division, taking care of business. But back back to the receivers, right? No one really jumped off, off the uh, box score from the receivers, and that probably was a large part due to Aaron Rodgers only having 195 passing yards. But what they did was their job. I think there's so many times where you just say, hey, we're looking to for someone to make an impact. Who's going to make an impact out there? And there was a lot of Packers players that were making impacts, although in small, small amounts, like Mercedes Lewis. He caught a couple of tough passes. Uh, Amari Rodgers got a 14-yard pass. And it just seemed like, Rodgers could go anywhere with the football and that really I think opened up the game for the Packers not only could they run it through Jones or AJ Dillon or Aaron Rodgers himself you had to keep an eye on him but also they could go to all of these targets Tanyan, DeGuara, Mercedes Lewis, Alan Lazard, Aaron Jones and of course Devontae Adams so the offense 
they did well, put up 24 points. Chicago on the other side, their offense started out okay. Justin Fields finished the day 16 of 27 with 174 yards passing, one touchdown and one interception. He was sacked four times, so the QB only had a 40.6 QBR and a 75 rating. But I think if you're a Bears fan, Justin Fields' stats weren't that bad. There was kind of the fluke play in the first half where he thought he had a free play. Justin Fields snapped the ball. It looked like a defender for the Packers was maybe in the neutral zone. I know some people are saying he actually wasn't offsides there, but could have gone either way. It kind of looked on television as if a Green Bay defender had jumped offsides. Justin Fields then thought he had a free play and chucked it deep into the end zone in which Darnell Savage was the only one there player around. He ended up picking it off and falling out of the back of the end zone. So it didn't really hurt the Bears. Green Bay ended up starting from the 20. Uh, it was a third and long situation anyways, but definitely not something you want to see go against the rookie if you're a Bears fan. I think in general, he has promise, but uh, it's a level below where this Green Bay offense is. And that's just because just the deep threat, the vertical passes, almost the the amount of players that Aaron Rodgers can go to is just another level compared to the Chicago Bears. Even when Chicago was driving in the first half, I was thinking to myself, they're getting a couple lucky PIs. You know, they're getting a couple pass interference calls. Uh, they're, they're kind of moving the ball on a few bigger plays. And it just didn't seem like something they could s sustain for the whole game. I, w I was a little shaky on if that would be true or not. And, you know, time proved that Joe Barry was able to figure out the Bears offense, kind of lock them down. Uh, another great day for the defense, right? And who is the star on defense again this week? I think it was Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark, he had two sacks, two tackles for loss, three total solo tackles. He was a man child. And he, as a defensive tackle, to be as quick as Kenny Clark is or to make multiple sacks like that, that's it. That's affecting the game in a big way. Jo uh, and he looked great. Um, Garvin, Jonathan Garvin, he also had a sack. And Dean Lowry had a sack. So four total sacks for the Packers. And I thought they were getting after the quarterback pretty well. Rashawn Gary had multiple QB pressures. He didn't get home, but he finished with four solo tackles and definitely was disrupting Justin Fields in that pocket all game long. And the defense, they held. They bent. They did not break. They were able to stifle this Bears offense until the fourth quarter where they got their second score of the game. But nothing was easy for Chicago once once the Packers kind of got their offense going. I think that's going to be key going down the rest of the season and going into the playoffs for Green Bay is, hey, can the offense just stay on the field and kind of control the pace of the game? In the first half, in the early first quarter, it looked like Chicago was controlling the game. And that's tough on this Green Bay defense. Uh, especially when you're down Jair, when you're down Kevin King, who was injured, when you're down Zadarius Smith, who was out. You lack those playmakers who can get you off the field uh, a little quicker. And so I, I think when Aaron Rodgers goes into that game management mode, that can help alleviate pressure on this defense. And then when the defense has you know time to be more creative, time to get after the quarterback, maybe gets a sack or two, then they look really good. Um, and I, I was just pleased in general with what the defense has done. I'm, I'm impressed with what Joe Barry has done. I'll just say it because 
they have the six overall defense as of last week. And to ha- be without arguably, I would say without a doubt, maybe your two biggest impact players from a year ago and Zadarius Smith and Jair Alexander. You could argue that maybe Kenny Clark is more valuable than Big Z. Uh, I'll let Packers fans, you know, fight over that one. Let us know what you think. But those two impact players of Jair and Big Z to be injured, Joe Barry has he's got this Packers defense uh, doing some good things. And it almost took week one in that first half of week two for Joe Barry to kind of wake up as well. I think maybe he was shocked into realizing, hey, I've got to be more aggressive. And he's looked more aggressive. Uh, The Packers defense is they're causing turnovers. Not only did Darnell Savage have that interception, but Adrian Amos, he almost had a near interception in which he barely did not get his second foot down in the end zone. So a couple of safety picks for Green Bay um, with with some young corners and they held against the Chicago offense. So I'm very, very pleased with what they did there. I think uh, now would be a great time to move on to our good Packers, bad Packers segment where we kind of break down a something that's maybe a little more specific that was good and then something that was maybe uh just bad or just where we can keep it objective and just kind of talk about some of the flaws of green bay and the good the good packers was i love that alan lazar trick play i thought that was uh very creative and just kind of now defensive coordinators are going to have that in the back of their mind they're going to have it in the back of their mind is Matt LaFleur going to do a shovel pass? What is he calling at the goal line? Uh, there was a couple of, um, you know, that's just going to cr- create doubts in the defensive coordinator mind. And when you have Aaron Rodgers there, any more doubts is just harder to deal with. So I really liked that play call from Matt LaFleur there. I think also is that the offensive line, after kind of getting off to a sluggish start, uh, they seem to get their groove. Um, Josh Myers. This is some bad Packers, but I wasn't going to touch it on it in bad Packers. Is He actually suffered a knee injury, um, and so Lucas Patrick came into play center. Elton Jenkins was back at the left tackle position, and he got beat early. But then halfway, you know, a few minutes, 15 minutes into the game, it seemed like the Packers' offensive line was starting to settle down a little bit, and they were being aggressive in the run game, and so I thought that was, that was good. Uh, their Packers' line is held up pretty well despite also having some injuries and so i think they're they deserve a shout out as well um my final good pack was just the momentum right that that was created from that aaron Rodgers touchdown where he brought out the belt celebration that you can't quantify that's something that is going to impact the players when they left that field rather than feeling like oh we beat the bears kind of have expected is Hey, we're the kings of the no- we're the kings of the north. We are the we're the best in this division and we're going to let Chicago know about it. They like to maybe have their media. They have all the the national attention being in a big market. But Green Bay is the team in the north and to see Aaron Rodgers just kind of express himself in that way, it probably felt good. It I feel great for him. He was having fun. He was in the moment. He was 
He was balling. That that's that's something he he probably uh, cherishes to score a rushing touchdown like that in such an epic fashion, throwing a pump fake, getting the defenders to bite, and then able to find the end zone on his feet. That's just something the whole team could get behind and celebrate. And so I loved seeing it. I think there's a lot of good momentum that's going to come from that that can come into the next few weeks. Packers have some tough games coming up. We'll get into the schedule there in a little bit, but I would say that momentum is great Packers on the other side the bad Packers there was just one play with EQ right so EQ I've been I've been tough on him uh and it's because when he gets a chance it seems to me that he just fails to make the play and I know he's not someone who uh typically should have a lot of expectations and I I don't really have many expectations for EQ other than just doing the bare minimum And this week, actually, there was a play in which Aaron Rodgers made a beautiful throw. EQ catches the ball, gets his feet in bounds, scores a touchdown, but he was flagged for pass interference, offensive pass interference. When going back to the replay, it didn't look like offensive pass interference. You'll have to let us know what you think, Packers fans. Was that a P.I. call on EQ? It didn't look like it to me, and to see him then robbed of a touchdown of what should have been a surefire touchdown kind of felt like he was getting the raw end of the stick there, but uh, luckily it didn't alter the outcome of the game. That was just some bad Packers luck, I would say, just as the Josh Myers injury was. I think my main bad Packers is just the slow starts that we see. It almost felt as if Green Bay was asleep uh, in the early gates, asleep. Uh, on the offensive side asleep on the defensive side offering little resistance and it took him a quarter and a half to kind of wake up against a team like the Chicago Bears with a rookie quarterback in Justin Fields and a you know a rookie running back practically in Herbert or at least a guy who's um, not Dalvin Cook or one of these elite backs in the NFL you can come back against that but it's not a habit you want to make where you're just always relying on kind of waking up and kind of having this catch-up effect. Uh, I I know it gets talked a lot about in tech, in companies, or just in general about kind of how can we alleviate this long catch-up effect? How can we just come out the gates maybe a little better, a little get us off to a better start? And I think that's a question Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry will have to ask themselves this week. But it did not come back to bite the Packers, so all was good there. That's my good Packers, bad Packers for this week. Let me know what you think. Was I way off? Was I on point? Um, But now let's dive into what was going on on Ike Packers, and the energy was just amazing again. I think it kind of hit a new level when Aaron Rodgers did that belt celebration and scored that touchdown, because that's when the twitter world just started erupting but i just want to say a special thanks to everyone who is interacting with ike packers we're really appreciative every week to be able to be a part of this community and uh all of you are what make it so special um both men and female uh men and women um whoever you are interacting with this we appreciate it and some of the reactions you are all having were amazing we asked packers fans how are you feeling after seeing rogers bust out the belt again And here were some of the replies. The first one, Marge Menashe said, that was great. Lisa said, I'm feeling pretty damn good. Go Packers. Daniel said, horny, not going to lie. 
Okay. LH has a gif here of Aaron Rodgers or Aaron Jones doing a little dance. Cards at St. Louis 12 and 22 had said run the table. Okay. He was getting some run the table vibes. I think the Packers have a winning streak going right now that has a lot of you know, momentum behind it. Maybe maybe some more magic in the run the table will come. Dylan Clark said, wonder how long it's been. I don't know, but sure seems like years. And I, I agree with that. It felt like Aaron Rodgers turned back the clock on that one. Dr. Chody said, people tell you Rodgers isn't in it with Green Bay. I say bullshit. And I'm right there with you, Dr. Chody. People need to know that Aaron Rodgers is not what Adam Schefter Captain Clickbait, as I like to call him, framed him as. Think about this, Packers fans. Aaron Rodgers was put in an impossible position at the start of the year or in the offseason, right? He's coming off an MVP season. He fell short in the playoffs. He was frustrated. He was unsure about how the future would play out in Green Bay at the time with the roster, with some of his friends, or with himself. And Adam Schefter just dropped that bomb on draft day and it really kind of drove a wedge between Aaron Rodgers and the Packers and I think a lot of fans and the people who were within the organization felt maybe attacked that Rodgers would do something like that but as more details have come out we've kind of seen you know Adam Schefter he's he's gonna have his day where we're gonna forget about him and I and I hope that's very soon because what he's doing for sports is just it's not good. I've I've we've heard some rumors about how he's taken, you know, dark money to push narratives that are just not true. And it's it's reflective in what ESPN is doing. You know, they're hardly making any money these days. Disney is thinking about dropping them. But long story short is it created this almost narrative that Aaron Rodgers wasn't all in with the Packers. And what have we seen since then, whether it's in the videos, whether it's in the practice, the way he communicates with people on and off the field, the emotions he's showing during the game, uh, whether it was the San Francisco game in which Crosby hit the game winner, whether it was that touchdown he just scored rushing it, Aaron Rodgers is all in. He's been all in on a championship. He wants a championship, and that should not be underestimated. I call bullshit right with you, Dr. Chody. Aaron Rodgers is all in, and we're about to see what that looks like. Hopefully a Super Bowl. Let's move on to a couple more reactions. Nick M said Robert Quinn brought it out of retirement. Maybe that was it. Maybe, you know, when you when you throw a pump fake and the DN uh, bites on it, that's what really makes you want to celebrate. Uh, Packer Buckaroo said, I was feeling like, I wonder if Ike Packers will ask me how I'm feeling. And if he does it, will it include a fill in the blank or not? Okay. So Packer Buckaroo was more so knew we would be right on top of it, as always. Tomorrow Fritch said, I own you. She was getting hyped up on what he said. Jake Abucko here has Dragon Ball C character just kind of going Super Saiyan mode, just powering up. And that definitely feels um accurate there leo ray says fantastic i was feeling fantastic as well jessica johnson like goddamn christmas morning felt pretty good felt a lot like christmas felt like a like a gift that we all needed rj13 kind of has that uh feeling depicted here in a gift where he's you know doing a kiss with the okay symbol in his fingers chris breach says love it 
Matt says, we'd love to see it. Dennis Salazar said, I cried. Really? Dennis, shout to you, man. Hopefully those are tears of joy. Um, Ty Donna said, judging by the retweets and the amount of energy I currently have, pretty goddamn good. Let's effing go. Roger Season said, most hype I've gotten watching a game in over a year from now. And I think that's, you know, we'll end on that one. That's kind of how I felt, too. It was like it was a supercharge me moment. It was like Aaron Rodgers boosted the entire not only the Packers world, but like almost the NFL landscape was like, wow, I've got to see this play. If you haven't seen the highlight Packers fans, go back and watch it, because that's when that's when I was starting to notice the pump fake and some of the just the more subtle things that went on in that play that didn't get any credit but it was it was just a game changing momentum changing play that might lead into one of these run the table site type situations and so where does green bay go next right green bay next up is the washington football team led by taylor heineke and uh they're two and four so they're nothing special their defense has Chase Young, the dominant Chase Young. Uh, A lot of the Badger players that we'll speak with on the Ike Badgers podcast every Wednesday in that Badgers and Friends series, we ask them who is the most dominant player they've ever gone up against. And a lot of them say Chase Young. So he's a beast, no question about it there. They've got a couple other good players on that defense. But I think in general, when I think about this Washington football team, I just think they're a joke. And it just stems from their name, right? Who's going to take you serious when you're Washington football team? Nobody. Pick a mascot. My goodness, like enough of this. Enough of like overanalyzing something that doesn't need to be overanalyzed. Pick a mascot and (laughs) then maybe you'll have a good team because right now this team is a laughing stock, at least in my opinion. It's not as bad as, you know, some of the worst teams in the league. But they're in turmoil. There's no doubt about that. Taylor Heineke, I know someone told me this weekend that a hot take for him is that he's actually a pretty good quarterback. I'll see it when I believe it. I don't think this guy is anything more than a stopgap. I think they'll be drafting a quarterback pretty soon. And I think he just kind of had one, maybe one game or a couple series in which he got to flash a little bit of soul and passion. And he got a bigger opportunity there, but... I just don't see him as a as a quarterback that's going to stick around. I could be wrong on that. Let me know what you think. And I just don't see this Washington offense outside of Terry McLaurin really with many threats. Their number one rusher is Antonio Gibson. He has 89 carries, 357 yards. It's a four average on the season. Nothing special. He's also fumbled three times and lost two of those. It's... It's bleak over here in Washington, and and that's why I say it's just a joke because this is a game that the Packers should win hands down. And my prediction, my prediction, is thirty one, thirteen. I, I believe this is going to be one of those games where Green Bay gets up by maybe twenty points early and then just kind of coasts. We haven't really seen that yet, and uh, I see no better candidate because after Washington comes the Arizona Cardinals, and they're six and zero. They're good. This is a game to just win, take care of business for Green Bay, and move on to the next week. I hope they do so. We'll have coverage every step of the way for that game. Packers fans, I just want to end up the episode by saying 
Thank you to everyone who's been tuning away, tuning in all around the world. We have over 95 countries that listen to this podcast, and we really want to get to 100. So if you got a friend in another country or, you know, a friend, another Packers fan, you know, in general, just please share this podcast with them. That's the number one way you can help us grow, and we would be really appreciative of it. We always look forward to, uh, you know, giveaways, and we've got another great one coming up real soon. We've got the item picked up. Uh, it's We're going to unveil it very soon. It's very cool. And, uh, you know, maybe that could be your introduction to your friend who's you want to share this podcast with and say, hey, uh, they do giveaways. Anyone can enter. It's completely free. It takes about a minute or two minutes of your time. And you can win some really cool Packers gear, even if you're not a fan of the team. You know, it's a small market. It's actually a publicly owned team. It's very special in sports. Yeah, join join this culture and join this community because every weekend I'm just reminded of how great Packers fans are. I see it in the feed. I see it, uh, you know, interacting with a lot of you. And I just want to say thank you. And uh, yeah, that's a sincere thank you. So Packers fans, thank you for listening to this episode of the Ike Packers podcast. Again, my name is Alex Eichstead. And we will be back with the Washington football team next week as our opponent, the next team up. It's a 12 noon start again. So, you know, let's run it back another time and let's get another W. As always, go Pack Go. this episode of the Ike Packers podcast and want to help the show, please subscribe, tell a friend, and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. This is how we can continue to give great value to you. As always, till next time, Packers fans, go Pack, go.